Everton have been deducted 10 points by the Premier League with immediate effect, having been found to have broken the profit and sustainability rules. They're not the only English club, club though, currently under investigation. So are there more punishments to follow? Made a right mess of that. But it's the Chronicles of Aguna. It's the debrief and we're back. That's the problem with recording live, you see. Any slip of the tongue is there forever. It's there for eternity. Hope you're all good. I hope you're all well. Welcome back to an emergency edition of the debrief here on the Chronicles of a Guna podcast. Um, I hope you're all, um, yeah, feeling good, chilled. Um, I- I'll tell you what, normally we sit here and we sort of bemoan the international breaks and we complain about them. And, and I'm certainly still of that mindset, generally speaking. But You have to say this week we've had plenty to talk about, haven't we? We've had the Nick Ramsdale stuff. We've had Mikel Arteta's charge. And now we've got this, which is a much bigger story than anything Arsenal. This is a huge, huge story in the context of the Premier League. I think this is a real turning point in the Premier League. And we're going to come on to why a little bit later on in the show. But before we dive in to uh, the content please do if you haven't done so already and you're watching us on youtube leave a like on the video subscribe to the channel if you're new as well and if you want to go one further by becoming a member of the chronicles of aguna podcast you can do so by following the link in the description but without further ado let's get into the big story everton deducted 10 points by the premier league with immediate effect which puts them down into the bottom three puts them second from bottom currently having been found to have broken the league's profitability and sustainability rules. Now, as I said right at the top of the programme there, they're not the only English club currently under investigation. So the question is, are there more punishments to follow? Will Everton be able to claw some of those points back um, as a result of a successful appeal? From what we're hearing, they don't really have the grounds to launch um, a, a sort of solid appeal. And so there could be the decision taken, you know, that we're just going to take this on the chin and move forward with it. What I mean by that is, you know, an internal acceptance, if you like, of that, because of course, Everton have already highlighted that they plan to appeal, but I don't know if that's going to be just optics because from all the experts that we've listened to over the last, what, 24 hours, maybe slightly less than that. It feels like they don't really have a leg to stand on. But we're going to get into the details of the case. We're going to talk about how it differs from the cases that Manchester City and Chelsea will need to answer uh, sooner rather than later. And um, and yeah, I'd love to get you guys' thoughts from the live comments on this as well. Uh, big hello to John, who's with us. Uh, Jon Tora, that is. Uh, Sammy. Uh, George is with us. Julian's with us. John's with us. Uh, Mario Romano is here as well, um, which is great. Great to see so many of you. I'm drinking my coffee in the podcast today because I'm knackered. I've been up since... 4.30 um, weekend paper review on TalkSport. We had a really interesting conversation about this story um, with uh, Natalie Sawyer and Tony Cascarino, who went through something like this during his time at Marseille over in France. So it was fascinating to get his insight. You can catch up on that show uh, via the TalkSport app if you wish to do so. But look, I think most of us were shocked by the news that Everton were deducted 10 points with immediate effect. As I mentioned, that sees them drop to second from bottom in the table, essentially cancelling out their improved run of form of late, which will be 
incredibly frustrating for Sean Dyche, but I think he would have known, it would have been communicated to him, I think, internally, that this was coming down the line and that this um, was a real, real possibility. So he'd have been aware of it, I'm sure. Um, but, you know, we hear of these types of threats, points, deductions, big sanctions, relegations, all the rest of it, all the time, but very, very rarely are they enforced. And where I'm a bit surprised is not that Everton have been punished for breaching financial rules. What I'm surprised by is how quickly this has come to a head when you consider how long some of the other cases have been ongoing for. And the fact that the punishment is so severe. So let's get into, first of all, what actually happened, because I think it's important to start there. So what have Everton actually done? Why is it that the Premier League's independent commission have decided to hand out this charge and essentially this punishment of a 10 point deduction. What have Everton done? What's actually happened? So from what we understand, the Premier League registered a complaint against the Toffees back in March. And since then, an independent commission has been involved and investigating the situation. Now, while Everton and the commission disagree on the uh, amount by which the club overspent, it is believed uh, the punishment is as a result of what was found to be a discrepancy of around about the £20 million mark. Now, let me be clear. The rules are there. Everybody knows them. And if you break them, you deserve to be penalised. But I guess the question for me is, is this over the top? And if so, why could that be? Is it because there's an independent regulator um, due to come in um and sort of regulate the Premier League. And we know that the Premier League don't want this. We know that they've been fighting against this. So is this an example or, or an opportunity for the Premier League to go, we can regulate our own league. We do have the stomach to dish out severe punishments when necessary. And we do have the means and the capabilities of beginning investigations, following them through, taking them to a conclusion, and then dealing out punishments that we believe um, a fit for the severity of the offence. So I think the Premier League may well have made a bit of an example of Everton here for those reasons. Now, I think, look, the, the mismanagement of Everton Football Club has been clear for everybody to see. You know, whether it comes to, you know, going back, I don't know, six, seven years and some of the players they signed for vast amounts of money, deals that just didn't work, players that didn't have any impact and players that were deemed to be a waste of money pretty early on or, or were, you know, confirmed to be a bit of a waste of money very, very early on in their careers. And when you look at how some of those players then went on in their careers, very few of them went on to go somewhere else and, and really kind of find a liftoff point again for us to then look back and go, well, Everton just weren't using them properly. They just spent money badly on the pitch. It's clear that there's been mismanagement off of the pitch as well. Um, and this has really shone a light on that. I think we all knew it. I think Everton fans feared this was coming. Um, but again, I go back to the point I made right at the top. I don't think Everton fans are upset by the fact that they've been punished for breaching financial rules. I think they all knew that that was a possibility. And given the protests from them about Farhad Mashiri and others involved with the football club over the years, you know, it's clear that they were unhappy and they were unhappy for good reason. But I do think they'll be upset by the severity of the punishment. And I do think they'll be upset at the fact that there are other clubs in the Premier League currently under investigation for whom there seems to be no punishment yet. Um, you're hoping that that comes down the line, but we'll see. Um, and I think, yeah, I think that's it. I think, you know, 
there's a number of reasons to feel sorry for Everton. So, you know, why do I feel sorry for Everton? Have they actually broken the rules? Well, they've admitted as much. And in doing so, they've cooperated with the Premier League and the independent commission who have proceeded to deal them what I keep saying is a very severe punishment, because I think it is, unlike, based on what we're led to believe, some other clubs that are facing similar situations. They thought, and understandably, that cooperating and working with the authorities to clarify the situation would actually see them benefit from less severe sanctions. They could have been evasive. They could have dragged this whole thing out and buried those investigating in paperwork. Now, the circumstances around the overspend are really, really important. The pandemic, of course, was one of the reasons cited. That impacted everybody. And so while they're entitled to make that point, I think everybody's faced that issue. And I don't think you can use that particular instance um, as, a, as an excuse. But here's where I do have some sympathy for Everton in terms of the circumstances around this overspend of what the independent commission say is around about 20 odd million pounds. So USM, uh, a company owned by Alicia Usmanov, remember him, Arsenal fans will know him well. He had an exclusive deal in place with Everton for the naming rights of the new stadium. So Alicia Usmanov's company, Alicia Usmanov, a business associate, of course, of Farhad Mashiri, his company, USM, had an exclusive deal in place with Everton Football Club to sponsor uh, the new stadium in Bramley Moor Dock. I think that's that's where it is, um, but on the Liverpool waterfront, basically, um, to 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 kind of yeah to do that. You know, for USM, it would have been great. You know, visibility in the world's uh, biggest football league, a, a very well supported and historic football club, and for Everton, well. They stood to gain around about £200 million. That's what that deal was believed to be worth. However, following Russia's invasion of Ukraine, that was no longer possible due to the sanctions imposed by the British government. Therefore, Everton lost out on what would have been a £200 million sponsorship deal, creating a shortfall that Everton was simply not prepared for. They weren't to know that a war was about to break out at that point, and the action taken by the UK government was going to put them in a difficult position and in a position where they just had to terminate that deal overnight and find other ways of financing, find other ways of moving on. Now, I'm not here to talk about politics. I'm not here to criticise the British government for the way that they dealt with it. I think that, you know, we we all agree that the, the invasion of Ukraine was out of order and... Um, and, you know, the British government were always going to take some kind of steps uh, in order to to sanction uh, the Russians. And um, and unfortunately, Everton were just caught in the crossfire of this. Now, the money that they're alleged to have overspent mainly consists, from what I understand, of interest payments made pertaining to the finance on the new stadium. And so their argument, I can imagine, would be that from this overspend, they've gained no sporting advantage. Everton, of course, do have the right to an appeal, as I mentioned earlier, but whether that will make any difference remains to be seen. And all the experts are saying, well, actually, they don't really have strong grounds from which to launch an appeal. Therefore, they're probably doing it for optics. But the truth is, I don't think there's any expectation, even within the walls of Goodison Park, that they'll be able to have this, um, this points deduction overturned. So, look, I go back to the point that I just made, which I think is really, really important. Everton will argue that they did not gain any sporting advantage due to this overspend. And that, in fact, the overspend was based predominantly on 
payments towards the stadium. Therefore, why should they take a sporting punishment and a sporting penalty? Instead, they should have a fine. Instead, they should, you know, have something else. It's, it's just, it's one of those things that I don't think that the punishment necessarily marries up to, uh, of course, uh, the crime, if you like. So I get it. Look, I go back to, again, another point I made earlier on. On the one hand, you know, you you have a set of rules, you know what they are, you breach them, you should be punished. But I think the punishment has to be proportionate and the punishment has to be, in my opinion, in line with the offence uh, that you've actually um that you've actually committed. I also think, again, the fact that Everton have been cooperative, the fact that Everton have um, opened their books up uh, to the Premier League and to the Independent Commission, they've not been evasive, as I said earlier. They've not denied any wrongdoing. And I think they knew and were happy to take some kind of punishment, some form of punishment. But the problem is here for Everton is that this one they feel is, is disproportionate to the, A, the amount of money that they've overspent, and B, the fact that, you know, they believe, and, and I think that's probably the grounds upon which they'll appeal, that actually they've gained no sporting advantage for it. Now, you could argue that in the long term, having got that stadium built through means that, you know, are deemed illegal by the Premier League, i.e. having overspent and breaching the profit and sustainability rules, that, you know, Everton stand to gain a sporting advantage in the future. Bigger stadium, bigger revenue, that allows you to go out and bring in bigger and better players. And that puts you in a stronger position than some of your rivals. So I understand that there could be a sporting advantage further down the line. But I don't think that, you know, we're we're at that point, um, you know, just yet. So I understand the Evertonians' frustration. And if I go to Everton's club statement, which they released uh, yesterday afternoon, uh, this was at 12.17pm shortly after uh, it was announced that they would be uh, taking a uh, a 10-point deduction. I'll just pick out some of the... In fact, you know what? I'll read it all. It's not that long. Everton Football Club is both shocked and disappointed by the ruling of the Premier League's commission. The club believes that the commission has imposed a wholly disproportionate and unjust sporting sanction. The club has already communicated its intention to appeal the decision to the Premier League. The appeal process will now commence and the club's case will be heard by an appeal board appointed pursuant to the Premier League's rules in due course. Everton maintains that it has been open and transparent in the information it has provided to the Premier League and that it has always ins uh, always respected, I beg your pardon, the integrity of the process. The club does not recognise the finding that it failed to act with the utmost good faith and it does not understand this to have been an allegation made by the Premier League during the course of proceedings. So the independent commission have said um, that... Everton failed to act with the utmost good faith. Now, Everton say the Premier League never said this at any point during the process. And in fact, they've done the opposite of that. They've acted really, really well. They've been as transparent as they possibly can. OK, there's a disagreement between what Everton say they've overspent and what the independent commission say they've overspent. Everton report that figure as slightly lower and the Premier League, uh, you know, have that figure at higher. So they feel that the punishment is harsh because they don't even believe that actually the Premier League's figures are accurate. So that's a discrepancy and that's obviously a, an argument between the two. Um, but Everton gone very strong here to kind of refute the idea that they've not been cooperative, that they've not acted in good faith. Um, 
Both the harshness and severity of the sanction imposed by the commission are neither a fair nor a reasonable reflection of the evidence submitted. The club will also, and this is the powerful bit in this statement for me, the club will also monitor with great interest the decisions made in any other cases concerning the Premier League's profit and sustainability rules. So Everton coming out swinging with that penultimate paragraph. It, it does close off the statement with uh, with the line of Everton cannot com comment on this matter any further until the appeal process has concluded, which is fair enough. But that that penultimate paragraph, I think, is massive. Whoops. I think it's massive. I think it's really, really. Um, it, it's a real, I think, punch from Everton. You know, it's a real swing from Everton. And you can understand why they wanted to include that bit. They feel hard done by. They feel like the the figures have been misreported. Um, they feel like the independent commission, the Premier League's independent commission, have overinflated that figure, that that figure should be lower, which would impact on the severity of the punishment. They feel like they have acted in good faith throughout the process, yet the Premier League's uh, commission reports otherwise. And so they feel hard done by. And also, the first question that popped into every single one of our minds, let's be honest, is what about the others? What about the other clubs that are facing similar allegations that are currently under investigation? And that's why I think Everton fans and the club have every right to feel disappointed, not by, again, let me be clear, not by the fact that they've been charged, not by the fact that they've been punished, but by the severity of the punishment. That's where I think um, they have every right to feel the way they do. And what this does is it opens up a can of worms in the wider context of the Premier League. We're going to take a very, very short pause and then we're going to talk about the others. What about the others? What's going to happen next? How do the Premier League deal uh, with this can of worms that's now been opened um, with regards to how they deal with uh, profit and sustainability breaches and financial irregularities? They're all linked. They're all similar. They're all intertwined. Short pause. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in just a second. Welcome back along to the Chronicles of Aguna podcast. It's the debrief, an emergency edition. We're still going to bring you uh, an episode at the start of next week, of course. But I felt like I really, really wanted to do a piece on this because I feel really passionate about this subject. Um, when the news broke yesterday that Everton had been deducted 10 points, my initial instinct was, and I, and I remember because I was, I was on a train, I was going into TalkSport and I was thinking, where can I go? Where can I go and sit where it will be nice and quiet and I'll have a good enough internet connection to jump online and do a reactionary stream there and then? It didn't work out. It didn't work out in terms of I couldn't find a spot in the building everywhere I turned on that floor. Um, you know, there were people in meeting rooms. That, that There was the possibility of someone walking in and I didn't want to do an unprofessional rubbish job of it. But actually, I'm glad I didn't do it yesterday now, because what it allowed me to do was when I got home from the radio last night was sit down and really look into this in a lot more detail, try and gain a better understanding of what exactly Everton have done, how we've got to this point, the process along the way, listen to some experts, listen to David Ornstein, who I thought spoke brilliantly on it. Um, and now today, I feel like I'm in a much better position to provide uh, a clearer explanation and a more informed opinion. Uh, on this. So I'm glad that I waited. Um, but the question that I asked just before the break was, what about the others? What about the others? Now, there is no doubt 
that the speed with which this case has moved forward, of course, increases the pressure on the Premier League to resolve in particular the Manchester City situation. They were charged with 115 counts. But since we heard about it initially, it's all gone very, very quiet. Now, the cases differ, of course, and Manchester City have been allegedly evasive for the best part of four years, which certainly doesn't help when you're looking for a quick resolution. Chelsea's alleged wrongdoings, I'm not as up to speed on what those consist of specifically. But in my mind, just from knowing the kind of the top level uh, detail of both of those cases, both of them seem to be far more severe than that of Everton's. Now, if I'm saying that, that they're more severe and that they're more complex and that there's more to them, then I should probably be accepting of the fact that these things are going to take longer. But at the same time, you know, this with Everton, this complaint came about in March and it's the middle of November now and we're done and dusted. How long ago did we hear about Manchester City's not one, not two, not three, not four, not five breaches, but 115 breaches? And why don't we have a conclusion to it? Now, I mentioned there that according to reports, Manchester City have been incredibly evasive, which doesn't help. And to a degree, you have to feel for the Premier League because their hands will be tied on this. But that should work against them when whatever punishment, if they are indeed found guilty, comes about. That should work against them. And the precedent now has been set because Everton, who overspent not on their sporting project, but on their stadium project, mainly anyway, are facing a sporting sanction that could, and I'm not saying it will, because I look at the Premier League now and I think, you know, there's Sheffield United, there's Luton, there's um, Burnley, there's Bournemouth. With all due respect to those sides, I think Everton are better than all of those sides. So I think Everton probably still do survive. But it is a points deduction so severe that it could see Everton relegated. Now, that is a massive, massive thing to put on a club. That is a massive punishment to dish out. A 10-point deduction in the Premier League is unheard of, man. It's literally unheard of. So I think that the precedent has been set in that now if if Manchester City are found to be guilty. And I have to, you know, to be clear, you know, legally, I can't sit here and say they are guilty. It doesn't matter what my suspicion is. If they are found to be guilty, which is all that matters at the end of the day, then the precedent has been set. Some of the big papers, the Times in particular, uh, yesterday reporting that Manchester City could face relegation, as could Chelsea. Those are severe punishments. And when you think about the size of, and again, I don't know the details of Chelsea's, but when you think of the size of the case against Manchester City, when you think that we're talking about 115 charges, although there are some duplications within that over a number of seasons, then you know, that's a case in a situation where if there is any wrongdoing, a big old punishment like that feels proportional and feels right. The Everton one, I'm not sure. I still feel like it's disproportionate. But do you know what? If the Premier League go on and resolve some of the other cases and hand out punishments proportionally as severe, then I'm OK with it because at least there'll be some consistency and at least you'll see those... Um, those rules, those laws, whatever you want to call them, applied and then sanctions pushed out as a result of failure to comply with them. 
And I'd say the same thing if it was Arsenal. If I were an Arsenal fan, well, I am an Arsenal fan. If it were Arsenal, I should say, that faced exactly what Everton have got now. So if if tomorrow morning we woke up and there was a news story, Arsenal have been charged uh, for breaching the profit and sustainability rules and the details come to light, they've been, um, you know, they've been punished in the way of a 10-point deduction. I won't like it. Of course I won't. And I understand why the Everton fans don't like it. But if that happens tomorrow and we get the same punishment as Everton, what leg would I have to stand on to be critical of that punishment? You know, in my opinion, it might be over the top. It might be harsh. It might be a little bit too severe. But the reality is that if that's what Everton get, then that's what anybody else who does the same thing and is found to have done the same thing should get as well. The problems are going to come for the Premier League if, A, they don't resolve the other situations one way or another anytime soon because it just felt like that stuff was going a little bit quiet and with the emergence of a this case the public knowledge of this case and then the sanctions that have followed as a result of Everton having been found to have done some wrongdoing now the pressure's on to fix the other ones or to to find some sort of resolution when it comes to the other ones and the premier league are also under pressure now, as I keep saying, to follow through with even more severe punishments if the offences allegedly committed by those clubs are more severe. So, you know, I'm really, really interested to see where this is going to go, how this is going to go. Um, and I've been thinking about this a lot this morning and, and I was thinking about it last night, did some reading on it last night. But this morning, sort of on my way into work and on my way back from work, it's all I could think about. You know, where do we go next? How does this develop? Is it going to be a case where now the Premier League are going to take this hard stance as a result, partly of them wanting uh, to uh, keep the independent regulator away or prove to the independent regulators or those that have put the independent regulators in place that they don't need them? Is it the Premier League becoming seriously concerned by questions of the competition's integrity? And I think there are questions around that coming from different angles. So you've got questions about the Premier League's integrity that come from, uh, for example, bad officiating. You know, when, when we're talking about games being decided by bad officiating, the integrity of the competition comes into question. But when you're talking about clubs, financially doping is the term that people like to, to use. Um, then that brings another question to the same kind of effect, but from a different angle. And all of a sudden, the walls are closing in on the Premier League and they feel now that they need to come out fighting and swinging in order to resolve these situations and show everybody that if any wrongdoing has taken place in the past, they've at least found it, become aware of it, and are now going to sanction those clubs for it. So it's a really, really, really interesting situation here. This is a massive moment in the Premier League. I really do believe that because I think in handing out that 10-point deduction to Everton, the way they have, they have set a precedent. It'll be interesting now to see if they follow that through. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, lots to get off my chest uh, this morning on that. Uh, please do get involved in the comments section. I'd love to hear from you. Um, yeah, it'd be great to hear from you guys. Uh, so please uh, share your views, share your thoughts, share your opinions. If you've got any questions on this matter or anything else uh, for that matter, then please uh, do drop them into uh, the live chat. We're going to take a really, really short pause. Uh, I'm going to take some of your questions and then, um, or, or before I take your questions, I beg your pardon. So after the break, we're going to talk a little bit about Edu 
who has won an award. Edu, you know that guy that people don't think is a good enough sporting director? He's won an award for it. We'll get onto that in just a minute. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back along to the show. Hope you're all good. Hope you are all well on this uh, Saturday morning. Gloomy, miserable Saturday morning uh, here in North London. Uh, let me know how it is uh, where you are. Um, we're going to talk Edu. We're also going to take some of your questions and thoughts from the live chat box. Uh, really, really looking forward um, to this part of the show. It's my favorite part of the show, the bit where you guys um, have your say and um, and let me know what you are thinking. Uh, just a quick reminder before we move forward, if you haven't left a like on the video, there's nearly 200 of you watching and we've only got 38 likes on the board on this live stream. That is not good enough. Come on, guys. Um, let's uh, let's boost that up. Let's get it at least to 100. There's no excuse. Also, if you haven't subscribed to the channel, please do. Uh, we've got a couple of other bits of content that I think you might enjoy uh, that we've released over the last few days. And there's another bit coming out tomorrow. Uh, so you can go back to yesterday's show and you can listen to some reaction to the news that Mikel Arteta has been charged by the FA. Uh, he, of course, has a period of time to appeal that decision. Um, but yeah, just wanted to get some thoughts off my chest on that. And if you go back to the day before, um, there is a show on what Arsenal need to do in the January transfer window, what they should be prioritising given the current state of the squad and um, and what we've seen so far this season. So do check those pieces out. But anyway, let's move on to Edu, Arsenal's sporting director, who has won the Best European Director Award at the Golden Boy 2023 event. Now, this was an event hosted by Italian sports newspaper Tutto Sport and voted for by its board of legends. The award acknowledges Edu's work as our first ever sporting director, which he began uh, almost one year ago on November 18th, 2022, after rejoining the club in the summer of 2019 as the technical director. Now, in his role as sporting director, Edu oversees our men's, women's and academy teams. And since taking on the role, he's overseen the signings and contract renewals of our managers and key players that have played a huge role uh, within our squad. So congratulations uh, to Edu. Um, I can see a couple of comments, respectfully, for what? I mean, listen... I I understand that people will look at it and go, well, Arsenal haven't won a, a real major trophy yet. And I'm not talking about an FA Cup. I'm talking about, you know, a, a Champions League, a Premier League. And so why is Eddie winning this? I put a tweet out yesterday because, again, this is a subject that I feel really, really strongly about, right? Edu has done a wonderful, wonderful job since coming back to this football club in 2019. He inherited a mess, as did Mikel Arteta. And Arsenal have been on an upward trajectory ever since. Now, there have been bumps in the road along the way, of course. There's been some good signings along the way, mostly good signings, but there's been a few bad ones as well. There's been a few that haven't worked out that people are questioning, and there's a few that people are still questioning today. So that's fine. You know, that's part and parcel of it. That's going to happen in the game. But when you think about the, the players that he's been able to convince and persuade and wrap up new deals for, players that are destined for huge things like Bukayo Saka, like Gabriel Martinelli. Edu's had a big influence in convincing them to commit their futures to this football club, whilst providing the support and the backup that Mikel Arteta needed to turn the team around. We're not there yet. We're not where we want to be in terms of Premier League champions and Champions League winners and contenders in the very latter stages. We're not at that point yet. 
But Mikel Arteta gets an awful lot of praise, deservedly so. And often Edu's contribution goes under the radar and it shouldn't because he has given Arteta the platform to do what he's done. He's given him the platform to turn this big old ship of a club around and, and everybody knows that that can be a difficult and arduous task. Just ask Man United fans. So Edu, I think, deserves this and I think he deserves a bit of recognition off the back of it. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really pleased for him. Anyway, let's take uh, some of your thoughts and uh, questions from the live chat. Um, a lot of them are going to be with regards to Everton's 10-point deduction, understandably, right? Because that's the big story uh, of uh, yesterday that's rolled on uh, into today. Um, just on my point about the stadium spend, uh, Name says, I get your point, Harry, that it's a stadium-related spend, but they have to treat it all the same. Otherwise, it opens the door to way too many loopholes. He then goes on to say, remember, uh, we had to sell half of our players to finance the Emirates. So it does make a huge difference. So I agree with that. I don't disagree with you that regardless of where that spend goes, you need to be punished, right? And if and I said it myself, didn't I? I said that, you know, the build of the stadium will in the future give Everton a sporting advantage because they'll be able to generate bigger revenues. And as a consequence and result of that, go out and buy better players, which will help them in theory, as long as they don't blow it all again, um, you know, in the future. They have blown it in the past. You know, I read a piece this morning in a paper where uh, Farhad Mashiri was described as a £700 million arsonist because he'd literally burnt through that money and Everton were in no better state. The point I'm trying to make here is that I think it's important to, to delve into what the offence is. I'm not saying that Everton shouldn't have been punished. I've been consistent on this. I've said from the very beginning, if you break the rules, you deserve to be punished. I just think when you look at what the the crux of this case is, which is that stadium spend, those interest payments, and you look at the circumstances around the USM deal and the way that that broke down, I think there's a strong case to say you need to pay some kind of price, but a sporting one, not just a sporting one, but one as severe as that, is probably a little bit over the top. But you you make a valid point. You do. Um, Paratosh says, uh, do I think that Everton are in any danger of being relegated? I think they're in some danger. I think when 11 games in, you're in the bottom three, which they are now. Um, you know, you are in danger. But I've seen enough from Everton over the last few weeks to be quite confident that they can turn it around. Listen, this could go one of two ways. You know, Everton could be galvanised by this. The fans could really get behind the team. The players could feel that sense of injustice and use it as fuel to go on and perform and, and get themselves out of this mess. You know, there's a danger that it goes the other way and that everyone feels really downbeat and as if, you know, there's no point now because they, they've been dealt this, this blow which puts them at a disadvantage. I suspect that Everton will react in the right way. And I'm really, really interested now to see how they'll get on against Manchester United at Goodison Park. Um, in their next game. I was interested in that game anyway, because United are United and they've not been very good this year. Um, and Everton, you know, seem to be moving in the right direction. But even more so now because of the atmosphere that I'm expecting now at Goodison Park. Um, what else have we got? Uh, Mosseray uh, Fofana says, Harry, letting Everton's cat out of the bag is not the case. But I hope the P EPL would also let other clubs' cat out of the bag so we observe fair play. Yeah, uh, you know, you make a valid point there. Um, you do. Um, Tony Fulbrook says, what with VAR, the PGMOL, Arteta's um, 
City and Chelsea, at the Premiership is becoming a laughing stock and an embarrassment. I'm not going to put Arteta in there because I think he was well within his rights, but I agree on the VAR point. I agree on the PGMOL point and with the City and Chelsea situations. Look, again, let me be clear. I don't know that they're guilty, right? I, I have a, a feeling that Chelsea are, based on the way this has come about, that they've gone to the authorities and kind of said, look, we we think this has been going on, but it was before our time. That, to me, says that they realise that they, they're kind of in a corner and they need to get out of it. But again, the fact that they've shown that transparency and willingness to comply, I think, should work in their favour. I'm not saying they shouldn't be punished, but I think it should work in their favour. In comparison to Manchester City, who, when the Premier League announced, were facing 115 charges, it was reported and highlighted that actually... One of the problems the authorities were facing was that Manchester City just wouldn't comply. Now, it might take longer to get someone that doesn't comply, but if I'm the one chasing them, when I catch up with them, they'll they'll get a severe punishment, you know, and it will be more severe as a consequence and as a result of that. Um, big hello to Wandering Minstrel as well, who's enjoying the pod. Uh, thank you so much, man, uh, for joining me as always. I think... I think I'm going to leave it there. I think I'm going to leave it there. I don't really have anything more to add to this. Um, unless you guys have got any more questions, I'll give you a few seconds to get some in because they're all pretty similar. So I don't want to repeat the same stuff over and over again. They're all pretty similar along the same lines of, you know, what this means for Everton, the, the need for other clubs to be caught up with, shall we say, and the need for uh, the powers that be to come up with uh, faster resolutions for those cases. And again, look, if, if if let's say for example Manchester City are found to be not guilty, right? There'll be a lot of people out there that say, "Well, this is a nonsense. They've just managed to weasel their way out of it." But that for the Premier League would be better in terms of their image if they did that quickly, rather than they wait another two years and then eventually come out and say they were guilty. Because for all of the time that that Manchester City cloud in particular is hanging over the Premier League while they keep winning it, they keep cruising to victories, picking up maximum points, all the rest of that. The longer that goes on, the more people will look at the Premier League if they do eventually find them guilty and think, wow, what a farce it's been, not just for the last two years, but for the last 10 years and possibly longer. So that's why it's really, really important that there's a re resolution one way or the other. Equally, you want justice to, to prevail. But at the same time, from the if I were an executive of the Premier League, I'd be like, well, we have to resolve this really, really fast. And if that means we concede on some of the charges um, because we're not able to prove them within that time frame, then I'd probably do that. I'd rather, you know, get them with 75 charges or, or 50 charges or even 30 charges, 25 charges, whatever, than then let this go on and on and on and on and on for many years to come. And then retrospectively, the Premier League will be looked at as a bit of a joke, as a bit of a farce. And again, it calls into question the integrity of the competition. So the point I'm trying to make on that is that they need to make something stick on Manchester City if they are convinced of their wrongdoing and if they can prove it. Now, if they're going to wait until they can prove all 115 of those charges, that feels like it's unlikely. And all the time that that is ongoing, it feels like a bit of a wild goose chase. Um, and um, and it's only doing further damage to the product of the Premier League and, again, to the integrity 
of the competition. Guys, thank you so, so much for joining me. As always, really, really do appreciate it. Um, I'll see you all tomorrow with another episode of the Chronicles of Aguna podcast. This has been the debrief, an emergency edition here on the channel. Uh, don't forget, if you're watching us on YouTube, please do leave us a like. If you're uh, listening on audio, then leave us a review. It really, really does help. And subscribe on whichever platform it is that you're taking in the content from. Don't forget those likes, guys, because I'm looking at them now on YouTube. Come on, 58 likes. 58, that's that's one in four of you liking the stream. What's going on? Come on, sort it out. I'll see you all soon. Until next time, take care. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>